Well, Happy New Year to everyone. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses and network churches. Thank you so much for joining us. It is going to be a great day. As we step into a new year, I'm so excited about what God has in store for all of us individually, across campuses individually, what God has in store for us this new year. The ways that God is going to heal us, that God is going to use us, the way that God is going to protect us, the the way that God is going to work in and through our lives. So I'm excited about that. I also have to say I'm excited about what God has in store for us as a church. Uh, This past month, we're coming out of just a wonderful month. Uh, I honestly heard more God stories in the last month than I have in any other point in the church's history. And so just giving thanks for that around Christmas, we had the second largest weekend we've ever had as a church. And just so, so grateful for every single person that decided to join us for Christmas. My hope and prayer all day today even has just been, Lord, would you just bring them back? Would you just bring every person back to come and hear about yourself? And so we're excited about this new year. Uh, But as we get into things, I just want to ask a simple question across campuses. How many of us set a new year's resolution this year? How many of us set a New Year's resolution? Let's see the hands across campuses. Anybody set a New Year's resolution? If you did, I pray that God would give you focus, that God would give you self-control and discipline to keep those New Year's resolutions, the changes that God has laid on your heart. Uh, But for those of us who have not set a New Year's resolution, maybe we didn't have the time, maybe we're not that kind of person. This week, I decided to take some time. I looked online and found some ideas for some New Year's resolutions. And so if you still want one, here's a couple ideas. Uh, One person I found on Twitter said, my New Year's resolution is to drink more coffee. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen. okay. Another person said their New Year's resolution was to exercise my right to eat more tacos. Uh, So there was that. On Twitter, I found a person named Introvert Living. That was the the Twitter handle. They said uh, their New Year's resolution is to avoid getting talked to by a stranger while waiting in line of any kind. <laughs> it was awesome. Some of us are extroverts, introverts. Okay, God loves us all. Another person said that your New Year's resolution is to stop putting LOL after every text message I send. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Lastly, has anyone heard of essential oils? Not many people talk about essential oils. If you have, a, uh, one person said, my New Year's resolution is to get really into essential oils and then make sure I bring up the fact that I'm really into essential oils. <laughs> in every conversation I have until the end of time, okay? Just so you know, I have a little bit of lavender behind my ears right now. Uh, That's a joke, I do not have any lavender. Anyways, so these are some great resolutions, and as I said, if you set a New Year's resolution, I pray that God would give you focus and discipline and self-control to make those changes. But for today, we're starting up a brand new series called This Is My Year. This Is My Year. And I know for myself, every time I step into a new year, it feels like an opportunity to start over. Every time I step into a new year, it really feels like a fresh start and a chance to really just live life in a different way than I've I've lived it. But when you really think about it, though, there's nothing magical about a new year. We get excited about New Year's, but there's nothing magical about them. I mean, January is a lot like December. It's just a lot colder, and the wind blows more, and there's not Christmas presents, and it's kind of depressing, okay? So, so a New Year in itself doesn't change anything, but we're starting up this new series, and our hope is to talk about how this new year can be different, like how this year, 2019, can be a different year. Like at the end of this year, how can we be closer to God? At the end of this year, December 2019, how can we change some things in our life that need to be changed? 
At the end of this year, how can we have more joy and peace and kindness and love and patience in our lives? How can we look more like Jesus? How can this be your year? And how can this be mine? And so we're starting up this new series, but instead of setting more resolutions and specific goals around our weight and trying not to talk with strangers, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about the four different things, four simple things that we can live out in this new year. Four simple things that can and are able to change 2019 for us. And so just to kick things off today, today we're going to spend some time looking at the life of a man named Peter. And just to share, Peter was a fisherman. Peter had a brother named Andrew, who was one of the disciples. His dad was named John. Kind of a fun fact we know about Peter, we know that he was married. Something that we don't know about all the people in the Bible, he was married. Jesus once came over to Peter's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law. That's how we know it. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. He was in Jesus' entourage. He was also one of the three that were super close with Jesus. He was like BFFs with Jesus. A couple other things we know about Peter, he one time walked on water. Another time Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you are the rock. Not Dwayne Johnson and said, you are the rock that God will build his church on. Okay, so this is Peter, right? But just to pause here for a second, I just need to confess and say that so far, I don't know about you, I cannot relate with a single thing we just said about Peter. Just being honest, everything we just listed off, there is nothing that I can relate with. I'm bad at fishing. I'm not in Jesus' entourage. I've never walked on water. No one, at least that I'm aware of, have ever called me the rock. Honestly, I feel like I've just seen Peter's Instagram feed, and now I feel bad about my boring, insignificant life, and I'm kind of jealous and envious. Like, so far, I, can rela- I cannot relate with anything that we've said about Peter. And before we continue on, I just want to say this, that speaking of in- Instagram, I pray that this year, 2019, not a single one of us would waste our year looking at the lives of someone else. I pray that we wouldn't spend our year consumed and focused, constantly comparing ourselves with another person. Whether it's Instagram, whether we struggle at work, whether it's a friend or a family member we're constantly looking at, I pray we would not waste a day, a single day, constantly looking at so-and-so and such-and-such. Just to confess before you, I'm embarrassed to tell you how much time I waste Wishing that I had the things that someone else has. Wishing I had the job that someone else has. The family, wishing I had the car, the house. Wishing I had whatever you want to fill in the blank that someone else has. If you don't know, all that does is steal the joy and peace right out of your life. And more than stealing your joy and your peace, it is not pleasing to God. More than our joy and peace, it's basically saying, hey God, thank you so much, but actually no thank you. You know, like, God, thank you but I just got to kind of tell you, I wish I had what someone else has. Again, I pray for all of us. We would not waste a day, let alone a year, looking at the lives of someone else. And so again, so far, I cannot relate with Peter and his awesome life, but as is normally the case, there's more to the story. 
as is normally the case, there's more to the story. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, I want to encourage you to open up to the book of John, chapter 13. If you have your Bible, use your Bible on your phone, use any Bible you want to use, open it up to John, chapter 13. And just to bring us up to speed on what's happening, Jesus is getting close to being arrested. He's getting close to dying on a cross, and he's with his entourage, his 12 disciples, and he kind of shares some final words with all of them. And so this is, I'm going to pick up the story in John, chapter 13, verse 33 here is what Jesus says. Jesus says, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? Get this, again, Jesus is like, hey, I'm gonna leave here for a second, but this is really, really important. It's actually a brand new commandment. You need to love each other. And Peter's like, that's awesome. I'm not really interested in the commandment. I just wanna know where in the heck are you going? Like, where are you going? Well, Peter, uh, Jesus responds and says, uh, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Peter responds, but why can't I come now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. Peter's like, why can't I know now? I'm ready to die for you. In the book of Mark, it actually says, Peter says, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Basically, Peter's like, I promise. Remember, you told me I'm the rock. I promise I will always be by your side. I will never leave you. I promise. I always, I promise. I'll always. Basically, Peter sounds like he's like stating a New Year's resolution here, isn't he? He's like, I promise. I always, I never, I'm always, I'm going to follow through. Continuing on, though, listen to what Jesus says back. Verse, verse 38, Jesus answered, die for me? Die for me? Like, what? Come Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Again, Peter makes this New Year's resolution, and Jesus is like, die for me? Like, come into my good here? Like, die for me? Tomorrow before one of the chickens crows in your backyard, Peter, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. If we don't know the rest of the story, just a few chapters later, this is exactly what happens. Peter's accused of being friends with Jesus, and he completely denies it. Peter says, I don't know him. And even though Peter, Peter promised that he'd, he'd never deny Jesus, Peter denies Jesus a second time. And even though Peter touted, like, I'll die for you, I'll never, I'll always, I'll always be here, he denies Jesus for a third time. And immediately the rooster crowed. Another one of the Gospels, we're told that when Peter remembered his promise, when he remembered his promise in Jesus' words, that Peter left and he cried uncontrollably. Now, coming back to us, I know for myself, this is where I can relate. I couldn't relate with everything else we said about Peter, but it's like, now I can relate with, with Peter. Breaking my promise, I, I can relate with, with that. Not following through with what I said, Yep, again, hurting people I love, I got both hands. Not faithfully following Jesus, do I have a third hand that can possibly put up? Again, I can absolutely now relate with Peter. And with this, just to state the obvious, even just looking at Peter, who's BFS with Jesus, he's the rock, he's walked on water, it's so obvious. But just to say it, here is the truth. Looking into this new year, we will fail. Here's the truth. I just want to say, looking into this new year in 2019, I promise you, you will fail. You are not perfect, and neither am I. And again, in this year, it's going to happen. And it may not seem like others do, and you most likely won't see it on their Instagram feed either. But the truth is, they absolutely will. 
Again, we will fail, but what matters is what happens when we do. When we screw up, what matters is what we do next. Where we show our true character is not whether or not we fail. Where we show our true character is what we do when we fail. Again, we will fail. And to be clear, this is not an excuse to fail or screw up. And it's not a permission slip to do as we please, far from it. It's just a reality we are going to fail. And so instead of letting your failures define you, let them refine you. We're going to fail, and so instead of letting our failures define us, let them refine us. Let them make us more like Christ. Let them them make us better. It's like, God, when I fail, what do you want to teach me? When I screw up, what do you want me to learn from this experience, God? When I make a mistake, how can I make things right? But more than that, what do you want to, what do I need to learn? What do you want to teach me through even this? I know for myself, I'll just be honest, I hate failing. I hate it hate feeling. It can be embarrassing. It can hurt. You you just look stupid. And yet, honestly, as I look back in my own life, failure is no question the place that I have learned the most. I hate failure. Yeah, I look back at my life and it is no question the place that I've learned the most as a person. It's no question the place I've learned the most as a parent, as a spouse. It's no question the place I've learned the most as a leader, as a pastor, as a friend. It's no question the place I've learned the most as a son. It's no question the place that I've learned the most as a human being and as a follower of Jesus. I hate failure. And yet it's no question the place that I have learned the most. And so again, instead of letting it define you, let it refine you. On tomorrow, we will fail. And going back to Peter, he clearly fails. He breaks his New Year's resolution and he denies Jesus three times while Jesus is physically being killed. Uh, yet thankfully, though, thankfully for Peter and also for our sake, the story doesn't end here. It doesn't end with failure. If we don't know Jesus dies on a cross, on the third day he, he's raised from the dead and after he is in the book of John, the longest story that we have is about who? It's about Jesus and Peter. About Jesus and Peter. One day, Peter, Peter's out in this boat with this group of buddies fishing, and this miracle happens, and they realize that Jesus is on shore, and when they do, Peter immediately jumps out of the boat, and he swims to shore, and he approaches Jesus, and what does Jesus do when, when Peter comes up to him? Jesus invited Peter to breakfast, of course, right? It's like obvious. Okay, come, let's go hang out for breakfast. But it's there, as they're eating, at three separate times, Jesus asks Peter if he loves him. Jesus three different times says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's response every single time, you know that I love you. Again, the second time, Peter, do you you love me? Do you love me? Again, the second time, Peter's like, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. Third time, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter actually gets a little bit frustrated. He's like, Jesus, you know all things. You know that I love you. Why do you keep on asking me? You know that I love you. You know it. And yet why does Jesus ask Peter three times a simple question? Just think about it. Why do you think he does? Why? Because Peter denied three, Jesus three times. Jesus asked him this simple question as a way of redeeming the three times that Peter denied him. Jesus is saying, Peter, I love you. Do you love me? I know that you do. 
Peter, do you, do you love me? I know that you do. Now where do we go from here? Peter, do you love me? I know without question that you do. I still love you. What matters is where do we go from here? After asking the three questions, Jesus once again says to Peter, come and follow me. See, the truth is we will fail. But good news, Jesus never will. And we think we can keep our promises and our New Year's resolutions when the truth is we can't, but God can. And this new year, we will screw up. We will drop the ball. Again, we will fail, but Jesus never will. Instead, he is forever faithful, and his grace, it has no end. And so my hope for all of us in 2019, the first simple thing that we can live out in our lives, it's really, really simple, don't miss it, is what? Give yourself a break. Looking into this new year every single day, give yourself a break. Extend yourself some grace. If Jesus can and does to you, so should you. If Jesus can and does to me, so should I. Give yourself a break. Get this, just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. Translation, stop listening to the lies you tell yourself. Stop listening to the lies that Satan is breathing into your, into your life. He's speaking into your ear of, of you failed and this is who you are. Like it, you, you always fail. You always screw up. Everyone knows it about you. You're a failure. You're a failure. It's only a matter of time before you fail again. Or we're here and because we're, we're, we don't want to fail, we've never tried. We've never tried anything. We've never stepped out of our comfort zone because what if we fail? And so we've never really had a big failure because we've never really tried anything. We've never followed Jesus. Instead, the whole time we followed ourselves. It's like, what can I do out of my own strength? I'm staying there. I'm not going to fail. I'm not even going to try. If we don't know, though, everything changes when instead of being defined by our failures, we're defined by God's grace. When instead of being consumed with our own shortcomings, we're consumed with God's great love for us. When we, when we get this, when we live this out, it's a game changer. It's like every time we, we screw up, instead of beating ourselves up, we screw up and it's like, man, I remember how much I need Jesus. In our weakness, instead of beating ourselves up, it's like, oh yeah, only he can make me strong. When we fail, it's like, man, I, instead of beating ourselves up, it's like we screw up, but Jesus, he never will. He never will. One more time, give yourself a break. Just to stress it again, this isn't a permission slip. It doesn't mean that you, you, we won't have consequences for our, our stupidity and our mistakes. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't go get help if we need to go get help as your pastor. If you need help, go get it. When I need it, I go get it. A wise person goes gets help, so if you need help, go get it. Need an excuse? Blame me. Yeah, I need to go see this counselor. I need to go to rehab because my pastor told me I need some help. Go get help. We're not saying that. All we're saying is if we're a follower of Christ, you may not even know this. If you're a follower of Christ, it means that God dwells inside of you. He's inside of you. Not just near you, not just close to you, not just with you, but he's inside of you. He dwells in here. And so by the grace and power of God inside of you, by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit within you, when you screw up, get back up and keep on going. Jesus says to us, do you love me? I know you do. 
Do you love me? I, I know without question, yeah, you failed, but it doesn't define you. Do you fail? Yes, before you even respond, I know you. I know you do. I know all things about you. I know that you're, you love me, even though you mess, made a mistake and there's a giant fly landed on my <laughs> I'm like, it's like a pterodactyl that just landed here. <laughs> just getting super practical, though. For a second, just super practical. How does this look? Today, first thing, tomorrow, the next day, when, not if, when you fail, I'll say it for you, when you fail, Mr. Perfectionist, Mrs. Perfectionist that attends this church, you're going to fail. When you fail, I'll help you along with this is recovery. When you fail, when you fall short, when you break the promise, when you screw up, don't quit. Okay, so you screwed up, but that doesn't like delete everything you've done up to this point. You screwed up, but it doesn't like wash, like it doesn't like hit all control delete on all the good that you have done. Instead, in that moment, stop and ask God for his grace. In that moment, stop and ask God for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask for his, his strength, his self-control, his, his power, his goodness. Pray and ask God for help to put one foot in front of the next. It's like every day in, in 2019, when you fail as a person, a friend, parent, coworker, it's just like in that moment, Jesus, help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to have your power, your strength, your grace. Help me to give myself a break. To close things up, in the book of Acts, we, we see the start of the early church. And in one day alone, a crowd of people hear this message, and over 3,000 people respond to the message. That's pretty amazing. Whether you grew up in the church or not, you've maybe heard about a story before. It's called Pentecost. is the day that that took place. What you may not remember or you may not know about the story of the day, though, was, was who was the preacher? Peter was. This week, when I read through John, all I could think was, God, there's a lot of people that I'd pick over Peter, and yet you picked Peter, and I'm so glad you picked him. Basically, roughly 50 days after denying Jesus, Peter denied Jesus at Jesus' lowest point. 50 days later, though, Jesus uses who to start his church? Peter. Of all people, Peter. And in listening to him, over 2,000 people responded. It's crazy. Today, though, for all of us, cross campuses and network churches, in this new year, I just wonder, what does God want to do through you? What does God want to do through you? I just wonder, what does God want to do through me? I just wonder, what does God want to do through us? But the truth is, we can't be used by God if we give up and quit. We can't be used by God if we let failure define us instead of refine us. We, 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 we can't be used by God if we don't give ourselves a break and keep on going. And it might sound crazy, but time and time again, I've found that Jesus loves and he even prefers to use the person who has failed. Loves it. He prefers it. He loves to use our failures 10 times better than our, week, our, our success. Uses our failures 10 times over than all the success and awards and recognitions we get. He loves to use our failures and the times that we have failed. Those who have failed, God's like, I can use her. She's failed, he's failed, I can use him. Why? Because when I do, only I will get the credit. God's like, I can use him, I can use her because they won't point it back to themselves. Instead, all they'll do is they'll just point it all back to me. I'll get every sense of glory. I'll get every ounce of all the credit and honor. It'll just be all about me. 
God loves when we help others who have failed in a similar way that we have. When we say to another person, you failed, I failed the same way, but God, you failed, you screwed up. I've failed and screwed up a lot of times, but God, in 2019, it's most likely that I'm going to fail. Like if it's most likely I'm a human being, I'm going to screw up. I'm trying not to. I'm trying hard to keep my eyes on Jesus, but it's most likely I'm going to fail, but God, but God, but God. Peter would go on in the face of death itself and he would not deny. He would not deny Jesus again. He would end up giving his life. And we're still talking about this man named Peter some 2,000 years later. One more time in this new year, 2018, one simple thing that we can live out in our lives that could change everything is give yourself a break. Let's pray.